traditionally in starting retreat, um, both in the Vipassana style in uh, the West and in, in, in Asia, in Thailand and other Vipassana co- Theravadan countries, you, you start by taking the five precepts. Um, and, and of course, hopefully, they don't apply so directly to us, you know. I don't, you know, don't kill, so uh, I don't think that comes up too often. <laughs> and maybe, you know, we can think of it as, you know, d- don't let your mind get caught up in some animosity or ill will. Um, don't steal, uh, don't intoxicate, and don't be sexually inappropriate. And and I think for the retreat that means, you know, um, we're giving each other the space to connect to what's going on for us, you know, and that um, other than when we're in some kind of service job, you know, we're working somewhere and we need to communicate or connect to others, that, that we maintain, you know, keep your eyes down as best you can, you know, stay aware of others. You know, we have a wonderful tradition in the Zen tradition where we just bow to each other. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful way to acknowledge someone without, you know, needing to look them in the eye and smile and let them know you are acknowledging them. Um, I'm you can do that if you wish. I'm not suggesting or trying to imply you should. Um, but just to give each other that kind of consideration. You know? And I would say, even if someone is crying or seems to be having a hard time, um, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not okay, but maybe it is okay. And I would suggest you go to one of the retreat managers if you're really concerned. Um, But especially on retreat, we can have intense emotions and being with those emotions and not needing to um, reassure someone else that we're okay can be helpful. So I would encourage you to allow for that kind of space. Um, if it happens. And then the five precepts are, um, they're a subset of sila or shila in Sanskrit, which is that we conduct ourselves in a way that fosters mindfulness, that fosters the connectedness to our own thoughts and feelings and behaviors. And then more subtly, that hopefully we will explore in this machine, that as I was saying earlier, when when we're not dissipating our energy into um, the thoughts and feelings that come up, and distract us from now. Um, in that connectedness, you know, the word yoga, to join to, you know, we, we join 
with what's happening. We join with it by experiencing it. Hmm? And hopefully in this retreat we will engage the, uh, the subtle essence of yoga as we engage the Hatha Yoga, the yoga of in purposeful involvement in the body, you know, and purposeful involvement in the breath. But the wider container for that, singly and collectively, um, is this sila, th th that we conduct ourselves in a way that supports that. And then we have the precepts of it, which are in many ways prohibitory. Don't do that. And then there's the positive side of it, you know. Explore, discover connectedness. In our sitting, in our yoga, half the yoga, and, and just how we move through the space. Of, of this beautiful retreat center. And, and then also how we um, relate to the rhythm, the choreography of our time together. <coughs> mm -hmm. One thing that I will do, that um, the first retreat, Gilna, I've led a couple of retreats now. The first one, I noticed that when he rung the bell, he didn't read it, ring it at the start of the period, the start of the period of meditation, uh, and um, and then people would come in, you know, some would come in five minutes before the official start, and some would come in five or ten minutes after. Um, We'll ring it at the start, and and so the benefit of it is um, twofold. One is th that as we start to sit, everybody starts to settle, and then if you come in late and you're in the middle somewhere, you have to sort of climb over others, and so it's it's just helpful if we can all be here and start together. And then maybe more internally, th that way in which um, we're, we're shifting our habitual behavior. You know, we, we come to this unusual environment, we step out of our habitual environment and our habitual way of doing things and we step into a prescribed environment. And, and in the giving over to that, it helps us release um, the, the more subtle ways we're trying to um, create the world according to our design. So as as best you can, you know, try to stay with the rhythm, 
of the sitting and the work and the yoga. Um, and as I said before this this afternoon, if if uh, you know if you need to do otherwise, well by all means do it. That's perfectly fine. Um, Is that all clear? Any questions about any of that? No. I have a question, Master. When we start the sit, for those of us who are ringing the bells, are we starting it with one bell or three bells? Very good. <laughs> um, we'll start with three bells, and we will end with two. One soft and one loud, or one soft and one not so soft. So as best you can, if you can be here before the first three bells. Um, any other questions? Am I going to talk about the walking? Yeah, because I'm curious about where and how and <laughs> I think I've already admitted some of this I'm going to make up as we go along. <laughs> um, and that might be one of them. Um, I think I'll just wait until the morning, and um, and then what I what I'll do the, when it's the first walking meditation. I'm not sure if you all know, but pro many of you do, and I think probably some of you don't. But there's actually w within an extended walking period, there's a traditional methodology to it as to how that can happen, and. Um, there's a couple of ways, and I'll describe them both, and then you can select, you know. A and as I say, I'll talk about it in the morning. And, and what I'd like to talk about a little bit right now is, um, you know, how Hatha Yoga can support us in, in our sitting. Um, you know, this connectedness uh, th that helps um, alleviate the way our distractedness dissipates our energy. The, the connectedness to the experience of now, however it arises, is energizing. Now, usual for our, you know, our impulse to grasp what we want and push away what we don't want, um, 
th that energy then flows into grasping and aversion. Um, and a significant part of the yoga of mindfulness, the yoga of awareness, is starting to get in touch with that process, how that manifests itself and how with the tension we can start to um, see what's happening and rather than be caught in the habitual loops that go on for us with intention we, we can start to facilitate a shift around that uh, and and the the, the term uh, the, the the Pali word is riya, uh, which interestingly in its translation goes the whole way from uh, determination, persistence, to um, energy. And one of the things we discover as we explore this. We need to be extraordinarily patient with our own habits. You know? There has to be this almost humility. You know? Oh, there's a lot that goes on for me. You know? And um, an acceptance. You know? and, and then it's when we have that gentle approach of humility and acceptance, then curiosity. Yeah. Mm. And what is going on? Um. And you know, usually we translate the word sati, mindfulness. Um, but in a way, with the emphasis on mind, it doesn't capture the full uh, import of the word, you know? In a way we could say heartfulness or beingfulness, you know? It's really the, the full variety of modalities that arise in the human experience. You know? That they're all being engaged in however they come into being. Um. And then in this retreat, we will try to carry that attitude, disposition, engagement into Hatha Yoga too. And 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 there there will be, um, especially at the start, um, I'm going to offer some ways to engage the breath. Um, and I'll talk about this more when we look in particular at the Anapanasati Sutta, but. In, in the Hatha Yoga, 
they will be, especially initially, you know, quite deliberate. Okay, try to do this. Try to manipulate your abdomen and diaphragm like this, you know? And maybe it'll feel a little bit awkward, you know? It's like, what is this, a circus, you know? <laughs> no, it's, it's anytime we engage a technique, you know, we're making an imposition on what's happening. Even if you're counting your inhales or exhales, you know, it, it's it's kind of an, an imposition on now. And hopefully the technique is in the service of sparking awareness. And, and as the awareness arises and becomes palpable, becomes evident, then there's giving over to awareness. Um, so, in the Hatha Yoga, we will engage, at least I will propose it, who knows what you'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but I will propose some exercises in working with the body of breath. You know? And the hope is, the intention is, that for those of you who are not familiar with it, your body will learn something about the way of breathing that you did when you were born. You know? When you come out of the womb, this is how you breathed. You know? When you were three months old, this is the only kind of breathing that you knew. And then slowly, as was, I don't know, somewhere around 18 months, two years, um, there, w there was a disrupting influence of thinking and feeling and being a, a self, a person. And, you know, we, we can think of... Uh, you know, the formula, you know, grasping aversion and confusion. You know, if you think of um, an underlying emotional context, you know, you know, even underlying the, um, the desire and aversion, you know, there, there is a kind of an, an emotional disturbance and that becomes embodied. And that embodiment influences this free-flowing breath. And that free-flowing breath in an amazing and marvelous and informative way is related to the vitality of our being. And the Anapanasati Sutta is exploring and instructing how to engage this in a way that facilitates awareness. And then actually the Sutta goes on beyond that, not only to facilitate it, but then to engage that awareness 
in the uh, in the fifth, in supporting uh, liberation. Mm. And part of the marvelous gift of awareness of breath is that it, it gives us something tangible that can be experienced, that can be attended to, and it touches a deep-seated Vedana in our being, you know, this deep-seated uh, feeling, as I say, you know, the underneath the desire and the aversion there's Vedana. Uh, uh, underneath these more surface emotions, there's a deeper seated. Uh. And the great thing is, when we start to do it, you don't have to bother with any of these ideas. You know? It, it, it's like. When, when you're three months old, you're not telling yourself, I'm breathing a special way because I'm a practitioner. <laughs> Quite the opposite. <laughs> In your three-month-old wisdom, you realize such notions are uh, redundant. Um, anyway. That's part of what we'll get up to in terms of the breath. Then this connectedness and the energy that it allows, the energy that it reveals, um, is expressed in the vitality of the body and the mind. And, and so, as, as we tick on the asanas of yoga, we start to explore and discover what exactly that is as a lived experience. Um, and again, it's experiential learning, and you don't need to carry a whole bunch of ideas with you into the exploration. In fact, probably better if you don't. But just to make life more difficult for you, I'll talk about them. And we'll go on a journey together. A journey into uh, being what we are. That we're so passionately involved in all the time, and yet in a mysterious way. Um, Partially connecting and partially not connected to. Um, so as as we do the Hatha Yoga, 
bringing awareness to the body, bringing awareness to the breath. Maybe in contrast to um, many yoga sessions where accomplishing something in relationship to the asana. The, the, the engagement, the connectedness to body and breath and awareness of them will be primary and how that turns out will be secondary. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly you'll hear me say, you know, like, maybe if, if you feel like, oh, I can do it this far, can you back off a little bit and allow for more awareness? allow for more involvement in the breath. And then with that, with that as a primary, then stretch, reach, bend, twist, whatever it is. Okay, that's what you've let yourself in for. (laughs) <laughs> Who knew, huh? <laughs> and as I say, you know, part of this will make up together. Um, and I will say some more. You know, one last thing I, w- I do want to say is that we'll have two yoga sessions today, you know, and I think many of us may be used to uh, going to yoga once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Now, w- when you do that, your sessions can be more vigorous, you know? You go once a week, you, you come home, you're good and tired, you rest, and you've got a week to recover. Or, um, so it's, it's important when you're doing this much yoga, and the sessions won't be so strenuous. Um, there will be somewhat um, to remember. This is not your once in the week, or your twice, or even your three times a week. This is not one of those sessions. And and this is where the great gift of the awareness. When there's awareness in the body, the body will know. You know? Your body will know how to engage this in a way that isn't um, overextending. But but it is an important thing to note. That that since we're going to have two sessions a day, don't overextend. Feel your way into it. Maybe about halfway through the second day, hmm, is this is this the right level of strenuous effort? No. So, that's what's to come. Um, so we are going to sit for about twenty minutes. So if you need to stand up and uh, un- loosen up your knees, your hips, whatever. Please do.
said um, the remote session was disconnected. Uh, I started it and then I closed it. Uh, it actually, uh, I wondered if it says you closed the lid. I that turned it off? Leave it off? Okay. Can you um, teach today? So as you arrange your body, stability, groundedness, uprightness, balance, openness, Discovering what it is, an intentional involvement. It's not about the mind telling the body what to do. The experience of the body guiding how you're sitting. opening and receiving the breath. Quite literally, how does that feel? the acceptance of breathing in. The connectedness, the awareness of noticing the physical experience of breathing in.
and the release of breathing out. Of letting go. Whatever arises, thought, physical sensation, the sound, whatever it is, breathe it in. Let it be what it already is. Let it be experienced.
thought we'll end our evening as we will every evening by uh, chanting the refuges in Pali. Um, we, I think we have two versions uh, in our midst. Um, but I think the majority one is in the Thai intonation rather than uh, the other one that we've, those of who are from San Francisco Zen Center have learned. So if you're from San Francisco Zen Center, follow. (laughs) 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 And uh, and for those of you who are not so familiar with chanting the refuges, it's really um, simply a way to remind ourselves of what we're entrusting our life to. You know, there's so many agendas and issues that can come up for us that we think our life must have or must avoid or whatever. Uh, But what's underneath? What is this process underneath that releases the agitation, the distress, the anxiety? You know, these are the murmurings underneath the the grasping, the aversion, and the confusion. What is it to release that and entrust our life to some vibrant, expansive being? So that's taking refuge. Uram Saranga Jami Dhamam Saranga Jami Sangam Saranga Jami